0: The Bible, My the this is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be
1: with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today especially those who may be watching for the very first time. We hope that you'll continue to watch as we discuss the subject that I believe is something that's desperately needed today. Our theme is respect for authority. I hope you'll watch today as we discuss that topic from a biblical point of view. Today on Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. And I'd like to to uh, emphasize the fact that this course is free, we're not asking that you send us money. We're not going to send you the course and then turn around and send you a bill for it. It's free. Uh, I remember one night some uh, sweet person called and they wanted the Bible course and they said, "I'll be back in just a moment. I've, I've got to go get my credit card." And and the person answering the phone says, "Well, wh- why do you need your credit card?" Said so to pay for the course and says, but the course is free. And that was a little pause on the other line, said, you mean that you're not going to charge anything for it? And said, no, it's absolutely free. And I mean this, friends. We we want to send it to you free of charge. And you say, I can't believe that people are just giving something away free. Why, Why would you do that so you can get to know your Bible? It's just that simple. And in order that you might know how to receive this free course, and that you might know just a a little bit about the course itself. We'd like to pause for just a moment.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. There's
1: a passage in 1 Kings, the 22nd chapter, And in verse 14 that I'd like to read, and then what I would like to do is to try to give you the background behind it, that is, the story that that leads up to verse 14. And and this is what the passage says, And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. There were three years that went by. If you go back to the first verse, Where, where there was no war between the Israelites and the Syrians. But in the third year, things began to change. And in the third year, the, the king of Judah, who was Jehoshaphat, came down to the king of Israel, who was Ahab. And he said, you know, Ramoth in Gilead is ours, and we're, we're, we're not going to possess it. And, and we're not going to take it out of the hand of the king of, of Syria. And so, then the king of Israel turned around and said to, to Jehoshaphat, who was the king of Judah, well, well will you go with me to, the, to, to battle at Ramoth Gilead? And, and this is what the king of Judah said, that is, Jehoshaphat. He said, uh, I am as you are, and my people is your people, and, and my horses are your horses. And he said, but here, here's what we need to do. We, we need to get... A word from the Lord we need to inquire uh, at the word of the Lord for this matter we, we need to know what God would have us to do so what the king of Israel did is he gathered together all of the prophets together there were about 400 men if you'll notice in verse number six and and he asked them should I go up to Ramoth Gilead to, to to battle against the Syrians or, or should I just stay at home and this is what they said, go up. I mean, there didn't seem to be any hesitation at all. They said, go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into your hand. He, he's going to deliver Ramoth Gilead into you. You're going to defeat the Syrians. And so this is what Jehoshaphat said. To, is, that, is there another prophet somewhere? <laughs> Maybe he thought this is just, it just sounds too good. I, I mean, he said, is there not another prophet that, that we can ask besides these 400 prophets. And and so the king of Israel said, well, yes, there's one man, and this man's name is Micaiah. And he said, but you know, I don't really like him. As a matter of fact, the text says in, in verse uh, 8, I hate him. And here's the reason that the king hated Micaiah. He said, he doesn't prophesy good concerning me. All he ever does is prophesy evil concerning me. Well, Jehoshaphat said, well, well let not the king say so. In other words, let, let's let the prophet speak for himself. And so uh, they said, go get Micaiah. And that's down in verse number 9. And, and when they got Micaiah, sure enough, he, he did not prophesy good concerning all of this. And and this is what Micaiah said. And, and this is found into in, in verse number 13. Behold now the words of the prophets declare good unto the king. And let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them, and speak that which is good, as that, that's what Micaiah was told. And this is what Micaiah said. As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. So you, you've asked me to prophesy what, what, whether good or evil, whether you should go up to Ramoth Gilead and battle against the Syrians or, or stay at home. All the other prophets have said that you need to go. But I'm going to tell you what God said. And so he came to the king. And the king asked him, shall we go against Ramoth Gilead? Or should we forbear, that is, not go and stay at home and And this is what he said. Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? And he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And then, and then the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, who was the king of Judah, Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you that he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him and on his right hand and on the left. The Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said on this manner, and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, he said unto him, wherewith? And he said, what, what I'll do is I'll go forth and I'll put a lying spirit in the mouth of all the prophets. And I'll get them to persuade him to go forth. And so the Lord put a lying spirit in the mouth of all of the prophets. That's in verse number 23. And so what Zedekiah did is he went close to Micaiah. Micaiah was saying all this and, and he smote him on the cheek. And and, and remember what Micaiah had said that what he was going to do in verse 14? As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. And and so Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see in that day, when thou shalt go into into an inner chamber to hide thyself. And the king said then this to Micaiah or said, oh, Micaiah, take Micaiah and carry him back and and they put him in prison. Why did they put him in prison? They put him in prison because he dared to tell what the Lord had said unto him. I, I think there's a great lesson to be learned from this story, and I'd encourage you to read that entire 22nd chapter of 1 Kings. And I think the lesson to be learned here is this, that that we should come to have a deep respect for the authority of God. You, You know, authority is a very important thing in life. I read the story the other day about one of the governors in one of the states in in the United States who was out campaigning one Sunday afternoon and he happened to come by a church where they were having a dinner on the ground and one of the things they had was fried chicken and so he got in line with his plate and he was going through the line and and the sweet lady put one piece of chicken on his plate. And he said, uh, I'd like to have two pieces of chicken, please. She said, one to a customer. He said, but I'm really hungry. See, he had been out walking and campaigning and and he said, but I'm really hungry. She said, one piece to a, to a customer, please. He said, lady, do you not know who I am? He decided he was going to throw his weight around a little bit, you see. And he said, I'm the governor. And then he mentioned the state and his name. And then she said, well, mister, do you know who I am? He said, no, I don't believe I do. She said, I'm the lady in charge of the chicken. Move on, please. Well, he was taught to respect her authority. Can you imagine life without any kind of authority? Life without authority would be bedlam. It would be chaos. It would be anarchy. It would be mass confusion. You see, you have to have some kind of authority in life, some You have to have some kind of regulations in life. And so many of our difficulties that we encounter in this life is because someone, somewhere, has not had proper respect for authority. You see, in the story that we just read from 1 Kings 22, there was a king who did not respect authority. And there were some prophets, especially the lying prophet, who did not respect authority. And I believe the place to begin when we talk about respecting authority is with God. We have to come to the point that we have a great respect for God's authority. The very first breath in the Bible begins... In the beginning, God. You see, God is right there in the very beginning. If you were to diagram Genesis 1 and 1, the the word God would be the subject of that passage. The very first subject that is discussed in the Bible is God. And that passage alone underscores for us that there is someone called God who is in charge of everything. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And there has never been a time that he was without that authority. In Psalms, the 90th chapter, in describing God, the psalmist said that he's from everlasting to everlasting God has always had authority. If you would go back through the centuries, he had authority. Today he has authority. And in the future, God will have all all authority. Someone says, well, I can tell you, and this is what someone literally said, there is no one up there telling me what to do and what not to do. Well, that may be the way you feel in your heart. But but that does not set aside the fact that there's still someone up there that's in charge. And you may try to live in defiance of God, but God still has authority. And one of the greatest needs of our whole world is to come to respect that authority. And to say like Micaiah did, whatever the Lord says, that's what I'm going to say. Whatever the Lord tells me to do, that's what I'm going to do. I'll set aside the way I feel to do it God's way. You see, Ahab had it already made up in his mind what he wanted the prophets to say about him. He really wanted them to say something good. He wanted them to say, you need to go up to Ramoth Gilead and take it. And then here comes along one little prophet and says, you better not. And I'll tell you, Ahab paid a a terrific price for not respecting the authority of God because if you read the rest of the story, you'll learn that Ahab was killed and the dogs licked up his blood as it ran out of his chariot. We need to respect the authority of God. God has authority over all of the planets. God has authority over the heavens. God has authority over all of the elements. In Hebrews, the first chapter, we're told that he upholds all things by the word of his power. That simply means that God is in a position of authority, isn't he? And one day all of us are going to reckon with the authority of God. As a matter of fact, we're going to reckon with it today whether we realize it or not, it is because of God's authority, because of God's power, because of God's greatness that we have air to breathe, that we have the sunshine, that we have the rain, that we have food to eat, that we have the beautiful world in which we live. All of that is because of God's power and because God is totally in charge. In Ecclesiastes, the twelfth chapter, Solomon said, There is a day coming in the life of men when they will go to their long home, and the mourners will go about the streets, or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel will be broken at the cistern. And then shall the dust return unto the earth as it was, talking about our body. And then the Spirit will return to God who gave it. You're going to reckon with God. You say, I don't believe it. Whether you believe it or not does not set aside the truth of the matter. Paul came to Athens and he he was preaching to the people in Athens about God. When he came into the city... He he saw that they were given over to idolatry. He even saw an idol with the inscription to the unknown God. And this is what he said. Him whom ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. And then in verse 25 he said about God, going back to verse 24 actually, he said, God that made the world, Think about that. God that made the world. You talk about authority. You talk about power. God that made the world and all things therein. You know, people are talking today about offshore drilling. They're talking about mining coal and other natural resources that are buried beneath the, the soil of this earth. Where where do you suppose all of those things originated? Let me read this verse again. God that made the world and all things therein. He made all those resources for us. Seeing that He is Lord of heaven and earth. You think about that. That makes you sort of feel humble, doesn't it? To know that He is the Lord of heaven and earth. And then he goes on to say, And and dwelleth not in temples made with hands. A lot of people try to confine God to a building. I think there are a lot of people on Sunday morning who will go inside some building and they'll sing a few songs and they'll listen to a man speak and and they will hear, hear prayers prayed and they leave and they think they left God inside that building. But I want you to know he is not confined to a building. And then verse 26 says, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed in the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they may feel after him. Now listen to this part of the passage. Though he be not very far from every one of us. You say, where is God? Not very far. From every one of us. He's not a distant God. He is a present God. He is a God who is nearby. God sees us and is present when we do good things. God is present and he sees us when we do things that are not so good. He sees us. And then in verse 28. For in him we live and move, and have our being. As certain of our own poets have said, we are His offspring. Have you ever thought about that, that God made everything? That, that it is because of God that you live? It, it is because of God that I can move my hand? That I can move my feet? God made me that way. Of course, there are those through accidents and other things become incapable of using their hands and incapable of using their feet. But you see, God did not make them that way. If the old devil had not interrupted this world, we wouldn't have things like that happening. Satan is behind all the disruption of the way God made things. In him we live and move and have our being. Our very existence depends upon Him. And the audacity of an individual who says, There is no God. the fool has said in his heart, There is no God. Psalms 14 verse 1. So, so folks, God is in authority of our lives. All creation is going to reckon with God. And there is no part of creation that is free from the authority of God Almighty. Now, that being true, what should we do about it? Well, we should rely on God. Since he's in control, since he's in charge, since he has all power, since he has all authority then we need to depend on him. We need to rely on him. In Psalms 11 and 1, David said, And the Lord put I my trust. That's exactly what we should do. In Proverbs, the third chapter, and verse 5, Solomon said, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not on thine own understanding. Some of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in my life, and I've made some. As a matter of fact, I've made many. There's those times in my life that I was leaning on Billy and not leaning on the everlasting arms of God. We need to trust Him. It's been a long, long time since I stayed awake at night worrying about anything. I just don't do that anymore. doesn't mean I don't have things that concern me, but I try not to worry about those things. I just lean on God. And I trust God to work it all out. And you know what I've learned over the years? He does. When I try to work it out, when I try to figure out a way to do it, when I try to manipulate it, 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 it's a failure. But if I leave it alone and rely upon God, He cares enough that He's going to help work it out. You see, it really gets down to do I really respect the authority of God? Do I respect God for who He really is? 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, Casting all of your care on Him, for, for He cares for you. God cares. And we can rely on Him. And, and we should be able to rely on God. You know, all we are in reality, is just clay. There's a passage over in the 18th chapter of Jeremiah, and we won't take the time to, to read all of the, the, the verses that are involved there, but Jeremiah talks about going down to the potter's house. And there the potter was making a vessel, and it was marred on the hand of the potter, so he made it again another vessel. And then he made this observation as the, as the clay, as the the clay is in the hand of the potter, then, then we are clay, as it were, in the hands of God. And, and God is the potter, and I'm just the clay. And there's a song based upon that where we, where we say in the song that you just mold me and make me after your will. Do, do you really appreciate the authority of God? You see, when we appreciate the authority of God, we'll do like Micaiah. As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. And as the Lord liveth, whatever the Lord says to me, that's what I'll do. As the Lord liveth, whatever the Lord says, that's what I, the way I'm going to conduct myself. Friends, it's God's will that you be a Christian that, that you follow His Son, that you believe on His Son. John 1 and 12. John, John 8, 24. John 3, 16. We're to believe on Christ. It is God's will that we turn away from the sins that have alienated us from God. Luke 13 and 3, 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 10. And it is God's will we confess our faith in His Son. Acts 8, 37. It is God's will that we be baptized into his Son, Galatians three 27. Let's just do it God's way. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep
0: you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church or if you would like the location of the Church of Christ near you or to receive the free Bible Correspondence Course write to Getting to Know Your Bible Post Office Box 314 Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214 This is a free call. Join us next time we're getting to know I your Bible.